you want it done already, but uh, but it's just not always possible. I mean, this is the real world. This is this is big time pro sports at the highest level, and contracts are important and they matter. But what is the next step here? Would he be willing to get done a long-term deal with Baltimore? We're gonna go right to some breaking news. The Baltimore Ravens officially has announced a five-year agreement with Lamar Jackson. The next five years, it's a lot of flock going on. <laughs> Let's go, baby. Let's go. Exactly one week ago today, the news broke. And today is official. Lamar Jackson has signed his five-year extension with the Baltimore Ravens. They welcome into NFL Live. You saw Kimberly Martin running high in field eight. And then you see, there you see Mina Kimes and Booger McFarland. And by the way, that new contract for Lamar Jackson makes him a very rich man. It's He's actually the third highest paid player in terms of guaranteed money in the NFL. $185 million guaranteed, only behind Deshaun Watson and Kyler Murray. $5 million more than Jalen Hurd to sign an extension earlier this offseason. Watson, excuse me, Jackson spoke to the uh, media earlier today. I absolutely wanted to get it done. Because um, I was just tired of going back and forth about it. You know, it's, we've been doing it for years, you know, but it was like, you know, the time had come and, you know, the numbers were right and we was all satisfied. To be honest with you, I really didn't care for other teams, really. I just really wanted to get something done here. Like, I wanted to be here. It was like, man, okay, other teams cool, but I want to be a Raven. Like, I really want to finish my career here. I want a Super Bowl here. I'm very eager. I'm very eager um, to be honest with you. You know, I, I, told, I think I told someone, like, man, I want to throw for, like, 6,000 yards with the weapons we have. <laughs> like, you got Odell, man. Odell is a Super Bowl winning receiver. I felt like before his injury, he was going to be the Super Bowl MVP. Zay reached out to me. Um, you know, we spoke, and I'm very excited. Coach Todd Munkin reached out to me. Um, you know, we spoke a couple times, and, you know, I heard from the guys that the offense is looking pretty smooth, and I just got my iPad a couple days ago, and from what I see, it looks, it looks different, and I'm liking it so far. All right, let's dive in on this. Mm -hmm. But what do you think about what you heard from Lamar Jackson earlier today? Well, first of all, I, I guess we're just going to forget the trade request that was made a couple months ago. I'm, I'm, I'm not even going to bring that up since we just – everybody's all lovey-dovey yeah. and it's hunky-dory now, so don't let me spoil the party. Uh, as, as far as the Ravens' offense, listen, uh, Greg Roman is out, and then you bring in Todd Monk, and the offense is undoubtedly going to look different. Uh, OBJ, if Rashad Bateman can stay healthy, they draft Zay Flowers. This is the best group of weapons that Lamar Jackson has had. But I do think it's going to take some time. Like, you don't just morph from a ground-and-pound type offense to this spread formation where we're going to throw it across the lot overnight. And, and my question to the Ravens is this, and it's kind of a, of a uh, rhetorical question. When they get in close games, are they going to revert back to who they were, which mm. is to rely on the run game and rely on Lamar? Mm. Uh, they're going to have to grow and go through those growing pains to grow this offense. But this is a group of weapons unlike Lamar has ever had. He should be happy. And, and I do think the Ravens have now put this offense and this team in a position to compete with the likes of Cincinnati and the likes of Buffalo as far as scoring an amount of points where they can win a ton of ball games, especially down the stretch. You know, what stands out to me in all this is, is Lamar saying, I had no reservation. Like, I knew this was going to get done. I always believed this would get done. As somebody who stood behind John Harbaugh at the owners' meetings in Phoenix, literally as we are telling him, hey, Lamar just tweeted he wants a trade request. Like, he wants to be traded. It, it's just wild to me that we're here. Mm. But I can tell you, people in that building, there were days where they weren't sure this would get done. So everything, as Booger said, is wonderful. Everybody's happy. We're focused on the future. 
But there were some tense days, tense weeks in Baltimore. So I'm glad to see this is resolved because this is where Lamar needed to be and the Ravens often clearly needs him. You know, Mina, despite Lamar being absent late in the season last year and so many other injuries, the Ravens somehow made the playoffs yeah. last season. How competitive do you think they can be in this division this year? Oh, I, for the Ravens, I don't think it's about winning the division. I think it's about winning the AFC. Mm. And I think they're absolutely in that upper tier of contenders, along with Kansas City and Buffalo. Uh, Booger talked about the potential transition on offense. I agree. I'm very excited to watch it. Might take a second. But in the meantime, lest people forget, in the second half of the season, this was the second best defense in football in EPA per play behind only the San Francisco 49ers. Took them a second to adjust to their new defensive coordinator, Mike McDonald's scheme. But once they did, once they brought in Roquan Smith, who I really think was a skeleton key in the middle of that defense, they were playing extraordinary. I mean, just ask Joe Burrow, who maybe had his most difficult two games at the end of the season against them and in the playoffs. Uh, I, I did like the addition of cornerback Rakia Sin. I expect them to sign some 30-something-year-old pass rusher who will get eight sacks, <laughs> as they always do. And I think this defense will continue to be very, very good and give them a floor as they, if they have to wait for the offense to catch up. Yeah, you know what, I Mina, it's funny you mentioned that defense because when they made that trade for Roquan Smith, like I was curious why they did it. And, and when I reached out to people in Baltimore, they simply said they needed more playmakers. Like it wasn't about the middle linebacker spot. It wasn't about anything. They just needed more playmakers. And they felt like the lack of playmakers was causing some of the big plays that uh, went against them to happen. So I, I'm excited to see where this defense goes. Excited about Patrick Queen. His fifth-year option didn't get picked up. How motivated is he going to be? And so there are a lot of little intricacies in Baltimore that I can't wait to see play out, but they should be set up for a very, very successful season. It certainly is amazing how much things can change in just one month. We were talking about the Baltimore Ravens in a much different light a month ago. Now they have Lamar signed up long-term. They drafted Zay Flowers, and, of course, they also signed Odell Beckham Jr. From what is taking place in Baltimore to what's taking place around the league as rookie minicamps begin tomorrow, what's one thing you're watching? Mina, we'll start with you. Yeah, I'm really excited to see new Colts quarterback, the fourth overall pick, Anthony Richardson. Um, you know, in the lead up to the draft, we talked about his incredible upside, the athleticism, the big arm, but we also asked whether or not he could improve his accuracy, particularly in the short on short throws uh, with improvements in his mechanics. So I think we'll get a good look at that firsthand. And I'm excited to see the work he's done and to get a sense of where he'll be when the season starts. Listen, guys, I'm excited about Will Levis. I was an indie for the draft where there was speculation he might go there, but this is going to be, this is a guy who's going to be motivated, extra motivated, because he wasn't a first-round pick. He goes <laughs> to Tennessee. Ryan Tannehill is right. It's deja vu again, and it's only a matter of time before we see Will Levis on the field. Yeah, and for me, since the season has been over, all these guys have been doing is getting fitted for gold chains, getting fitted for suits. We've been planning draft parties. We've been doing a lot of things. You know the one thing they haven't been doing? These cats ain't been working out. And so now you're going to go to minicamp and put that helmet on and start playing football. I just hope we get through a weekend where none of these guys pull hamstrings or groins. More importantly, I hope the coaches are smart enough not to push their new toys where they get hurt because I promise you, as somebody that's been there, ain't a lot of working out going on between combine and the draft. Yeah, once a player, always a player. Is what I just learned from you, Boog. You can't relate to these soft tissue injuries because you are the king of the peloton. Of course, you're keeping yourself in great <laughs> shape. 
We are just getting started here on NFL Live. New England has added some pieces to their offense this offseason, but haven't done enough to set up Mac Jones for success in the loaded AFC East. We'll break that down. Plus, Tampa Bay decided against drafting a quarterback. They're moving forward with Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask. Does that mean they are gearing up for next year's Caleb Williams sweepstakes? Someone here thinks that might be the case. More on that next. NFL Live is brought to you by the Lexus ES, a direct reflection of you. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Coming to your TV this month, it's the NFL Schedule Release Show. Who will Aaron Rodgers play in week one in his Jets debut? When will we see the Chiefs and Bengals in an AFC Championship re- rematch? Who will headline Monday Night Football? We'll have it all for you on a two-hour special. Plus, NFL Network will have their own coverage as well. All right, Todd McShay released his way too early 2024 NFL mock draft. And let's go down the top three picks, starting with uh, Todd's number three player overall. And by the way, hello, Todd. Let's walk us through those first three picks. And again, this way too early mock draft. Yeah, I figured why not? We're doing it ridiculously early, so let's throw in a couple trades. At, at number three, I've got Drake May, the UNC quarterback, coming off the board. I had Washington moving up from six to three. Drake May, six foot four, 215, 20 pounds, somewhere in that range. He, he was phenomenal last season, under a lot of pressure. That's what really stood out to me, making big time throws with that strong arm of his and the mobility. Seven touchdown rushes. Almost 700 rushing yards. This is a guy that fits in the NFL today in terms of that dual threat ability. Then at number two, I had Marvin Harrison Jr., the wide receiver who's, I mean, from the pro day to just talking to GMs and scouts, this guy is an absolute stud and will be the number one player in terms of non-quarterbacks in the 2024 draft. I'm confident in that. You look at his size, his ability to contort his body, adjust when the ball's in the air. I mean, the highlight reel of him with catches along the sideline contested catches, making catches over his head and adjusting the ball is just phenomenal. I think he's going to have a grade similar to, you know, like Julio Jones, Calvin Johnson, that range. Then finally, number one, no surprise, Caleb Williams coming in from USC, Heisman Trophy winner a year ago. Reminds me a lot of Patrick Mahomes, the ability to extend, the magic that he brings, throwing on the run, throwing, you know, with defenders in his face. He's a special player. In this case, I had, I had, um, Tampa Bay moving up from number five to one in order to go get him. We'll see what happens with Arizona. They had the first two picks in this scenario after that Houston trade. 
But ultimately, no matter who's picking at one, whether it's a team that needs a quarterback, and if they don't, they're going to trade out of that spot for a team that needs a quarterback. I expect Caleb Williams to be the first pick of the 2024 draft. Todd, I should also note, you did not determine the original draft order. It was done by, I believe, Football Thank Outsiders. Thank you, Fields. So it's not you forecasting the Bucks picking fifth overall. Wanted to make sure that I folded that in there. More from Todd in just a moment. But with quarterbacks near the top of the board, we had to recruit Dan Orlovsky, who has called college games of both Caleb Williams and Drake Mays. Dan, are both these guys franchise-altering quarterbacks? There's no question about that answer. It's yes, and I would be shocked if these two players don't go number one and number two in next year's NFL draft. I'll start with Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams is like a six foot one, 200 pound, 210 pound version of Bryce Young. The creativity, the ability to make anything happen from any type of situation is there. What I love about Caleb's play is he's got this incredibly smooth stroke that that kind of produces a very powerful arm. Any situation he can get himself out of, the very creative nature that we love in the quarterback play right now. No play is dead. Very athletic player from inside of the pocket and outside of the pocket. Nothing needs to be perfect for him. So a tremendously talented player. And I would say this, he's probably the most talented out of the Lincoln-Riley quarterbacks. We've seen Baker Mayfield. We've seen Kyler Murray. We've seen Jalen Hurts. Caleb is the most talented both as a creative athlete and also as a natural thrower of the football. And then for North Carolina's Drake May. Drake, he's a less refined version of Trevor Lawrence. He is long, lanky, big, athletic. This young man was born into competition and athletic greatness. Comes from a great lineage of family at high-end athletics. A thing I love about his game is his feet could be all over the place and he's still loose enough in his body and athletic enough to make any type of throw. That has that little Patrick Mahomes element. I'm not saying he's the same player, but it has that element. That would be something that he has to work on. He's played a ton of football already. He's thrown the ball a ton, so he's seen a bunch of different concepts versus a bunch of different defenses. A very good athlete, as tough as you can get, and his best football is just starting to show itself. They're very similar players. Caleb and Drake are both very athletic. They're both very natural. They're both very smart. They can make throws and plays out of very difficult situations. So all of the positives that we love in quarterback play right now in the NFL, both of them have. And all of the things that we sit here and say, you'll need to work on that in the beginning part of your NFL career, we could say about either of them. But their talent is off the charts. You're talking about a player that is a bigger, six foot one, 210 pound Bryce Young, who just went number one, and another player who's just a less refined Trevor Lawrence. Horsepower and strength. They're both going to be outstanding draft picks. And again, I would be shocked if both Caleb Williams and Drake May don't go one, two in the 2024 NFL draft. All right, Dan, great stuff as always. And just a little while ago, Todd mentioned that in his mock draft, he had the Buccaneers trading up from 5-1 to one to take Caleb Williams. And while we might have our eyes on the quarterback of the future in Tampa Bay, their general manager, Jason Light, is pretty happy with how the room is coming together right now. That, of course, includes Baker Mayfield. Here is what Light had to say. Quote, Baker's been fantastic here, getting adjusted to his teammates and the culture. Everybody has been really, really impressed with how he's handled it himself so far. And then Kyle Trask is just the steady Eddie. He hasn't changed. He works very hard. He's very smart. Nothing seems to rattle Kyle. So this is going to be a really, really interesting competition 
all the way through training camp because it truly is going to be a competition. And I know that they're both very excited to get this thing going. Like I said this, by the way, on Sirius XM NFL Radio. And if Baker's a quick study, this division looks pretty open. Both the Panthers and Falcons are leaning toward inexperienced quarterbacks in week one. The Saints brought in former Raiders quarterback Derek Carr in the offseason. It will be Mayfield in week one or former Brady backup Kyle Trask. That is the question that we are now asking. So back to you, Todd, because a vote of confidence there from Jason Light for Baker Mayfield. How convinced are you that he can be a long-term solution for Tampa? I don't think it's long-term. I mean, let's, let's just call it what it is. You know, Baker Mayfield is on his fourth team in four years. Injuries have been, have been part of the problem. And so at some point you think we're going to see Kyle Trask. I know it's a competition going in. I fully believe that Baker Mayfield is going to be the starter. So what does Trask bring if he gets an opportunity to start? I go back to his evaluation two years ago. He's six foot four, 245 pounds, sturdy build, really tough in the pocket. He's a great distributor. He has touch, timing, trajectory as a passer, really good ball placement. In the two years as a starter at Florida, he was highly effective. He was able to distribute the ball to a lot of good receivers at Florida in the time. But you also have to look at the inexperience and lack of mobility. He's not a guy that's going to create on his own. And I mentioned the inexperience. You got to remember, in high school, he was behind De'Ara King. He never was a full-time starter. In college, he started two years from Florida. But since then, the two years he's been with Tampa, he's thrown nine passes field. So you can't expect him to take over whenever that is at some point and be the guy. Yeah, welcome to summertime in the NFL where everybody looks good. Everybody's chomping at the bit. All things are great in summer football when there are no pads on. As far as the Buccaneers quarterback position, here's what I'll say. If Kyle Trask or they thought Kyle Trask was the guy, I don't think they would bring in Baker Mayfield to quote-unquote compete with mm -hmm. him. I do think it's going to be an open competition. I don't think the quarterback of the future is on this team right now. And if, and if you're a Buccaneer fan, here's what you want to happen. You want them to be just good enough to entertain you, but just bad enough to lose because you want one of those top two mm. quarterbacks that Todd <laughs> talked about in 2024. Then you can have your quarterback of the future because ultimately I think that's what they're looking for. If they could come out of this draft in 2024 with Caleb Williams or Drake May somehow, I think everybody in Tampa will be ecstatic. Yeah, uh, I share your skepticism about Mayfield and Trask. Trask, by the way, I felt like if they really believed in his potential internally, they might have started him in that meaningless game at the end of the last season. Um, here's my concern with Tampa. I worry that contrary to the not Todd McShay generated draft order, they're going to be too good because the defense is still pretty solid and uh, too good, by the way, to get, you know, to be in reaching order of picks one or two. And I don't know if you guys have looked at the Rams and Cardinals rosters lately, but they might as well have tanks drawn around the depth <laughs> charts. Like, that is going to be a race to the bottom in that division, the likes of which we have not seen in a while. And I'll tell you this, if the Rams are in position to get Williams or May, they are absolutely going to take one of those quarterbacks. And the Cardinals, I think, now have a ton of optionality where they maybe Kyler comes back and he plays good and they can trade that pick. Great. The Bucks will have incredible competition for it. Or they might draft a quarterback, too. So... If I'm Tampa, you know, I'd be a little bit worried about uh, next year being in position to grab one of those two superstars who I think are true superstars. You know, Mina, you mentioned it with the Rams. We always say whatever it takes to get the ring is worth it. The Rams might put that to the test this upcoming year after going 5-12 and 12 with the worst record for any defending Super Bowl champion 
in NFL history. All right, we are not far from done here from uh, on NFL Live. It's up next, the Falcons added another dynamic weapon to their offense after drafting B. John Robinson. Here how GM Terry Fontenot plans on using the young playmaker next. What if in 2024 you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Try Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. It's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. They have over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com tackle. Get 60% off at babbel.com tackle. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash tackle. Rules and restrictions may apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. While a lot of roster building is done by the end of the NFL draft, there's still a lot of talent out there in free agency. We've got a couple of former Colts quarterbacks that are still out there, as well as plenty of veteran running backs. On the defensive side of the ball, there are edge rushers on the market, like Frank Clark and Yannick Ngakwe. Let's go through some of them and match them with a team that might fit for them. Starting with you, Book, who do you got? How about Leonard Floyd with the Buffalo Bills? I mean, we've seen them looking for edge rush year after year. They thought they had it last year with Von Miller, but he goes down with the ACL. And Floyd is a guy that over the last three years, not one, not two, but three years, has averaged almost 10 sacks a year. And in a conference where they're trying to get Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes and all those guys on the ground, how about the Buffalo Bills going to get Leonard Floyd, if nothing else, for depth? Look, I'm most fascinated by Ezekiel Elliott. Where does he go? You know, Adam Schefter reported that the Eagles are on his list, the Bengals, the Jets. He's a luxury guy, not a need guy, but I would love to see him with the Bengals. That's a team that has a need, and all three of those teams that Adam had previously reported should be all in on trying to win in 2023, and Zeke, he can help the team do that. So I'm going to go with one of the pass rushers available, Yannick, Yannick Ngakwe. Um, and I'll match him with either the Bears, maybe the Lions, maybe the Ravens, who I mentioned. Coming off a bit of a down season in Indianapolis, still had double-digit sacks, had double-digit sacks years before, the year before. He's not an every-down player, but as a designated pass rusher, 
I like him as additional firepower for one of those defenses. All right, so let's go from players that are still looking for jobs to players, a player that found a job earlier this offseason in Mike Kosicki. You'll hear from him in just a moment, but the question of the offseason up in Foxborough surrounding the Patriots is, have they given Mac Jones enough to work with on offense? This is one version of the Patriots offense that includes the two biggest pass-catching additions, wide receiver Juju Smith-Schuster and the aforementioned Mike Kosicki. Kosicki spoke to the media, king of the gritty, I should say, earlier today. Cool personality. Uh, love, you know, the energy and, the, you know, the juice that he kind of brings um, out to some throwing sessions and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then obviously, you know, great arm, accurate, all that kind of stuff. Uh, make sure I check all the boxes because I know everybody's going to want to talk about it. But uh, he's, he's awesome. I'm really excited to continue working with him. Um, so it's been good. Mike, first of all, you are correct. We are going to want to talk about whatever you say about Mac Jones. But, Mina, I'll ask you, the Patriots didn't draft an offensive weapon in the first five rounds, unless you consider offensive linemen offensive weapons. But does that bother you at all in the draft? I think they do consider offensive linemen weapons in New England. <laughs> um, is there anything more Patriots than coming into this draft and everyone saying they got to help Mac Jones and they walk out of the first three rounds with defensive players? It's just so Bill Belichick. I'm torn, Field, because I understand the desire to get more weapons for Jones, the need for separation in particular with that offense, but I also love the defensive players they got, particularly in the first round, going down to pick 17, getting a pick in the process, and drafting Christian Gonzalez. I actually think that was probably one of the three best picks in the first round. Smooth, athletic, uh, incredibly high upside cornerback and brings much needed size to a, a good secondary, but one that's on the smaller size. Uh, you combine that with, you know, Keon White out of Georgia Tech and Mapu out of Sacramento State, and there's so much physicality and strength. They're just such Patriots players. This is a defense that, contrary to a lot of expectations last season, finished in the top 10. I expect them to continue that. So uh, and on one hand, I, I am a little bit nervous about Jones, but on the other I really love what this does for an already elite unit. Yeah, to Mina's point, I mean, I, I love the versatility with Keon White and Gonzalez, very versatile players for a coach that loves versatility. Uh, but, but I think the offense is going to be just fine. I mean, you get rid of two uh, guys. Let's face it, they had no business being the offensive coordinators, let alone on the offensive side of the ball, and Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. And you bring in a competent offensive play caller, a mm. veteran NFL head coach uh, who, who's had success yeah. in Houston, who's now the OC there in Bill O'Brien. I think they're going to be just fine because Mac Jones is going to have one voice in his ear. He's going to have a voice that he knows has been there and done that. And there's not going to be the question mark hanging over the offense's head. Hey, are we doing the right thing? Do these guys know what they're doing? And I do believe just based on the system alone, they're going to be better. Yeah, I would love for them to have a number one receiver, but let's face it. They don't, but I do believe with the use of 12 personnel, one back, two tight ends, two wide receiver, they will be able to come up with an offense that'll be physical, play action oriented, and I do think we'll see a better version of Mac Jones. Yeah, listen, I, I look at this and say I love the first two picks. I'm with Mina, like to trade back and get a potentially like a top 10 player in Christian Gonzalez. I love that. Second round, Keon White fits perfectly. They got faster and more athletic. In, in, on their defense with those first two picks. I even like Marte Mapu. I, I think he's a good player. But in the third round, when you're looking at this and you need weapons, Bill Belichick could have moved up four spots 
and had his choice between the, the yeah. Tennessee wide receivers that went just a few picks ahead of him. Jalen Hyatt, wide receiver. Listen, he's got to develop as a route runner. The scheme got him open, but man, this guy can fly vertically. He could have been a perimeter weapon or even a slot weapon for Mac Jones, someone who can stretch the field a little bit more than what they have currently. And then Cedric Tillman, 6'3", 213 pounds, over 1,000 receiving yards in 2021 when he was full, fully healthy this past year, lingering high ankle sprain. But, but the bottom line is in the third round, you had 12 picks overall. You can use one of those picks to move up to go get one of these receivers. They could have been a factor this year, but they chose to go defense for the third time in three picks. I, I thought it was a lost opportunity there. Yeah, I'm going to stick up for Bill yeah, Belichick I, a little I bit here, Todd. Todd. I, I think oh, they sorry. drafted a fast guy out of Baylor in, in, in Thornton a couple yeah. years ago. I, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe that was their speed guy they drafted. Mina, sorry to interrupt. Hey, no, 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 no worries. Yeah, once you put uh, um, the Tennessee receivers up there, particularly Hyatt, I, that, that's really when the lost opportunity <laughs> jumped out to me because uh, I agree with, completely with Todd's assessment of his game, but notably his ability to stretch the field, you know, that's, that's a real issue right now with this Patriots offense. Thornton flashed a little bit last year. You're right, Booger, but he was up and down, in and out of the lineup. They need him to take a big leap to get sp the spacing on the field they mm -hmm. need because otherwise there's really no one else on the on that roster. Man, what a fascinating offseason it has already been up there in New England, especially when considering the stacked AFC East that they now play in. More to come here on NFL Live. As Micah Parsons says, he's put on weight with the intention of playing edge full-time. Mina was on this, oh, back in September. It's crazy with Parsons. You know, he was drafted to play off the ball primarily. We saw in his rookie season how good he was as a pass rusher. He is one of the four best edge rushers in the NFL. Just play him on the edge. His skill set is so rare and so unique that you might as well just line him up, let him pin his ears back and go. Uh, listen, they talk basically did that last year anyways. I mean, that was in September, but he really played mostly on the edge. I'm glad they're committing to it because, like I said, he I, I think I said he was top four. That was in September. I would say he is right up there for one of the best edge rushers in the NFL. So for him to commit full time to that makes total sense to me. Get after the quarterback. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight. S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. 
The inaugural XFL championship game is Saturday, May 13th, as the Arlington Renegades square off against the D.C. Defenders at the Alamo Dome in San Antonio. Coverage begins at 8 p.m. Eastern time on ABC, ESPN Deportes, and ESPN+. Breaking news into NFL Live from who other than Adam Schefter. Giants All-Pro defensive tackle Dexter Lawrence reached an agreement today on a four-year, $90 million extension that includes $60 million guaranteed. The deal makes Lawrence the third highest-paid defensive tackle in the NFL, tying him, by the way, with Deron Payne. What do you make of this one, Mina? This guy has been unbelievable for the Giants. Yeah, this is an absolute no-brainer for New York. Dexter Lawrence has been so dominant for them on the inside, stout against the run. Um, he's the third most double-team defensive tackle in football because of how much he gets after the quarterback. You know, when they drafted him in 2019, this was the Dave Gettleman era. We know how much he loved his hog mollies, he called them, with pick 17 field. I I'll put my hand up. I questioned it. I thought, eh, he's a nose tackle. How much is he going to be on the field? Well, it turns out he's on the field a lot. Yeah. He takes over games. He's become a cornerstone of this franchise. Uh, so this, to me, was an obvious decision. And now uh, in the same town, Quinn and Williams is probably up next. Yeah, I was going to say, Quinn and Williams smiling wide right now, Mina. Don't forget that pick that the <laughs> Giants used on Dexter Lawrence, 17th overall. That was the pick they got in the OBJ trade, the one in which many thought right. they did not get yeah. nearly enough. Seems like it has worked out pretty well there. For the G-Men. Time to play a game of read and react. Let's go to the other New York team, the Jets. Aaron Rodgers has been hanging out with some teammates for off-season programs. Sauce Gardner talked about the new energy in New York. You know, when it comes to playing in New York, you just got to tell yourself, I'm built for this. Man, Aaron, we just caught ourselves yesterday just telling each other, like, I'm built for this. You know, he said he built for this, like, he just had that one-on-one -on -one moment. We're excited to, to have him, and we know what comes with it. We know that all of a sudden, you know, eyes are on us and that we got we to gotta back it up every time we take the field, you know, practice or game, and, and uh, we're excited to, to prove that every week. Kimberly, it's uh, Roger's first week on the job. What's the atmosphere been like at the Jets facilities? Oh, my gosh. He's the bell of the ball right now. These guys, Garrett Wilson and Sauce Gardner, they are in awe of, of Aaron Rodgers. Like, Sauce even posted on Instagram a picture of Franklin and Teddy from Snowfall, a picture of him and Aaron Rodgers. These two are going to be in lockstep, and I love it for this, for this franchise because they believe that they could go to the playoffs with Mike White as their quarterback. Now, Brady vibes in that building. They've got it. They were looking at Aaron Rodgers like he's on our team, and that's just going to raise the expectations, which is great for this fan base. Did you say Brady vibes? Eh. Because if you did, perfect. It's time for us to talk about the Bucks now, Brady's most recent and final team. The team has been in contract talks with linebacker Devin White. He requested a trade earlier this offseason. Assistant coach Larry Foote was asked about the conversations regarding their linebacker. Like I told him, he's getting paid $11 million this year. Those are champagne problems. And uh, I get it on both sides. He didn't play a lot of ball. Do we need to be here in the spring? We would love him to be here, but uh, it's not going to hurt him from a standpoint of playing. But, you know, I want him here, and I'm quite sure that's going to get worked out. That's part of the business that uh, nobody likes, but it is what it is. Book, first of all, I'm going to use the term champagne problems more often now. Second of all, does Evan White deserve that big contract? Yeah, he deserves it. Not off of what he did last year because last season was a down year. It wasn't his best season. I didn't think he played or read to the ball exactly like he needed to. But if you look at his entire career, he's been a Pro Bowl linebacker. Uh, he runs 440. He runs sideline to sideline. And I think in Todd Bowles' scheme, he gives him a lot of flexibility to do a lot of different things. So, yes, 
He may not deserve the 20 million a year that Roquan got, but he deserves a new deal because he's outplayed his old one. Well, you know he's going to be asking for that 20 million that Roquan got because you always use the last guy that got paid as the floor for what you deserve to be paid. Let's stay in the NFC South. The Falcons went with B. John Robinson in the first round. He was the draft's top running back, and it went to a team that ran the ball more than any other in the league, at least in terms of designed percentage of plays. But Falcon GM Terry Fontenot cautions against labeling Bijan as just a running back. He's got a different label in mind. When you actually break the tape down, I didn't realize how good this guy was, yards after contact, his balance, and in every scheme they threw at him he was productive and then you get to the passing game and the stuff he could do in space. I mean, I just, like I keep saying over and over, this guy's a home run hitter with the ball in his hands from anyone on the field. So that's what really fired me up at first. All right, Mina. So the Falcons see Bijan as a playmaker more than a running back. Is it smart to think of him like that? Well, yes. On one hand, um, Bijan is a very, very good pass catcher. I think at this point we've all seen that highlight of him. Uh, it was against Iowa State, I think, where he catches the deep post and kind of high yeah. points it. Like, he's got great hands. He's got the athleticism. Uh, so, you know, for a running back, he's definitely in that top tier of pass catchers. But I, I also think kind of characterizing him as a playmaker, and this is something you're going to hear with Gibbs as well, kind of feel a little bit like justifying the pick. I mean, hmm. don't get me wrong. They'll use him that way. And it certainly allows them to manipulate defenses with mismatches and keep them on the field. But we've seen a lot of teams promise this with running backs, especially when they sign them or a lot of money or draft them high. And what we've seen, as you see here, when you look at EPA per play, which is basically you know how successful these individual plays are, they're almost always better off throwing to wide receivers than running backs. Uh, it just doesn't add up. Christian McCaffrey in San Francisco, I think, is an exception because of the uniqueness of that team and that scheme and how they're built. So I expect Bijan to catch some passes, and, you know, I think he could go off for some explosives, but I also don't think it's going to be a massive part of this offense and doesn't necessarily justify the pick from a value perspective to me. Mina, don't throw water on this fire. Come on. Bijan <laughs> was the number two player in this draft, in my opinion. And I listen, I, I get it. There's, there's only one Christian McCaffrey. I, I understand that. But I do know that like, when you talk to Steve Sarkeesian, he talks about he's the, the most sure-handed, best, best pass catcher we had in Texas. You should see some of the catches he has in practice. And then studying all his reel of, of receptions, he can absolutely be a factor. I'm not saying McCaffrey, but I'm saying a big factor. And the bottom line is this. With, with Bijan, he had 91 forced missed tackles. That's a running back's job. Like, how effective are you at creating your own yards? Yeah. The next best in the FBS was 77 with uh, with Frank Gore Jr. So he is that much better than the next guy. And when you look at it now, this, this is all about Desmond Ritter. What can you do next year with the weapons we put around you? Drake London, second most receiving yards of rookies last year. You've got Kyle Pitts, who's going to bounce back from a season ago, one of the elite pass catchers of the tight end position in the league, in my opinion. And now you add Bijan. It's really on Ritter now. So, Booker, we've heard this story before, though, of teams drafting a running back high and calling him a playmaker. Can the Falcons actually realize that label for him? Yeah, I think they can, especially for the Falcons. Let's not forget, I think there was a graphic there that nobody ran the ball or called more runs than the Falcons. 
So if you look at Arthur Smith and how they want to play football, yeah, he's going to be a playmaker. It's going to be in the running game. They are going to run the football with Algiers, with B. John Robinson. They'll get him the ball a little bit out of the backfield, but ultimately, he was a top player in this draft for a reason. And when you are a coach that wants to run the football and call more runs, and you got a young quarterback that you're trying to break in, the play-action game, you need a couple of guys in the backfield, and now the Falcons have that. So I agree with the pick. You may not sign him to a second long-term deal. I'm not worried about that right now. I'm concerned about having one of the top 10 backs in the NFL right now at that position that allows me to play football how I want to play, and the Atlanta Falcons have that. All right, well, if any of my fantasy league mates are watching right now, completely ignore everything these three said. Don't bother drafting Bijan. He'll probably be a bust. Let him fall to me wherever I am in the draft order. All right, still to come. With the big splashes that Philly made in the draft, how far behind are the Cowboys? Hey, what Booger thinks Dallas may be closer to the defending NFC champs than most might think. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. NFL Live is brought to you by Marvel Studios, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3, in theaters Friday. I didn't really, like, do this to prove anyone wrong or really care about what anyone had to say. You know, if anything, I had to prove myself right. You know, like, I know what I'm doing, and I felt I, I did the right thing. Were there other agents that actually uh, reached out to you to try to represent you? Absolutely. Every every week, it was somebody new texting me. I don't know how they was getting my number. I, I guess they were sending it to each other. Like, man, you know, I got this client right here. I'm like, man, I do not care about your client. Like, <laughs> like man. But yeah, every week it was a new agent. Someone found that Baltimore yellow book. All right, Lamar signing his contract was the top story of the day. But let's bring in Kimberly Martin for more of what's going on in the league, starting with Jalen Carter in Philly. Yeah, Field, you know, Jalen Carter might have had to wait a little bit longer to hear his name on draft night, but the newest Eagle, he wasted no time getting signed. He is the first, first rounder to reach an agreement with his new club. A four-year, fully guaranteed deal worth a little more than $21 million. I love that for him. All right, here's another big guy, Mekhi Becton. All right, so the Jets didn't pick up his fifth-year option, and while there is optimism in the building about how much progress he's made in the offseason losing weight and how they're excited to see him compete, you know, I talked to a couple GMs today about what they thought of Makai when he came out in the draft, and they said he's a rare talent, but if he could quiet those questions about his, about his, his, uh, his work ethic and, and his weight, he could be a Hall of Famer field. Wow. And lastly, everybody's getting money. Lamar is signed. Jalen Hurts is signed. So, obviously, Dak has to be next, right? 
Well, Jack was asked about that yesterday, and he said, look, uh, you know, we've gotten deals done before, but that's not something I'm concerned about. I trust my agent, I trust the Cowboys. So I think the Cowboys are looking to sign Dak for the long haul, but still a little bit more time, okay. Fields. We're almost there. Time and a place seems like the kind yep. of thing that if they wanted to get done, will get done. Let's talk about the Cowboys as a whole, though, Mina. Have they done enough this offseason to be better and compete with the Eagles to feel like the class of the NFC right now? I think so. Yeah. Uh, you know, I feel like Cowboys fans were maybe a little bit disappointed after the draft. Didn't feel as sexy as the Eagles draft, which seems to be getting universal raves. But this is a team that didn't have many holes on its roster, that has a lot of young talent uh, that added, I think, a defensive tackle in Mozzie Smith. While maybe not the sexiest pick is going to help them with potentially their biggest issue last year, which was run defense. You know, when I look at the depth chart on both sides of the ball, I don't see many question marks outside of potentially tight end. We'll see what they get out of Schoonmaker, uh, who they drafted in the second round this year, also out of Michigan. Maybe there's depth issues, offensive line, secondary, but if they're healthy, they should absolutely contend in the NFC. My biggest concern about the Cowboys is not about personnel. It's about the loss of offensive coordinator Kellen Moore and what uh, the head coach Mike McCarthy brings to the table in, in that regard. But I think the roster is in excellent condition. Yeah, I concur with you, Mina, when you talk about the roster. I, I like what they did. You know, you trade for Brandon Cooks to take a little bit of pressure off of C.D. Lamb. Defensively, Mozzie Smith adds a need as far as defensive tackle. Schoolmaker, I think, is going to be a better than adequate tight end. But for the Cowboys, let's face it. It comes down to the same thing we talk about every morning at 8 o'clock on Get Up, and that's Dak Prescott. <laughs> Dak Prescott cannot throw 17 <laughs> interceptions this season, and the Cowboys have a good year. If he can take care of the football with the weapons that we've all talked about around him, then the Cowboys can really beat anyone. And so I, I, I think this year is not about the weapons. It's about obviously health withstanding. You got to stay healthy. But number four has to play better football. And I'm not just saying that. He said that publicly, and I think we've all have said that. So here's the thing. It's not just about Dak and these interceptions. It's also about Mike McCarthy. Mm. Listen, if he's the one calling plays, he believes he has the answers. Well, we're going to see if he actually has the answers to the test this yeah, year. As Mina mentioned, Kellen Moore is now the Chargers exactly. offensive coordinator. Is Mike McCarthy taking on a more prominent role within that offense? He keeps talking about things like running the football more, <laughs> establishing the run a little bit more, which is <laughs> the opposite of music to my ears. Uh, time now for one more thing before we go. And Sauce Gardner joined Aaron Rodgers at the Knicks game this week and didn't seem to know the celebrity actress they were sitting next to. You may have heard of her. He was, just, he was just picking on me a little bit for being young. You know, like, we was getting seated, and he was like, oh, we're about to sit by, um, what's her name? We're about to sit by Jessica Alba, and I'm just like, oh. You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, I don't know who that is. And he just looked at me. He looked at me like I'm crazy. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it was just great just being able to sit sit over there, and I got to, I got to meet her. All right, so Alba took to Twitter to respond to this, said, quote, LO, I totally see how this kid sauce got his name. He said this, he said to my girl Lizzie Mathis, how could I get caught up when I'm when I'm the catch? <laughs> but in all honesty, he was actually very polite with his elder Aaron Rodgers and everyone else in the room. It was nice meeting you. Sauce responded saying, quote, damn, it's been two days and you still remember what I said word for word. 
I just might be him. Nah, but I had a good time with you, Lizzie, and my chaperone, Aaron Rodgers. And all of a sudden, Rodgers <laughs> chimes in. Chaperone, Elder, you are a funny sauce gardener. Glad to be helping you meet new people. First of all, we have finally found a weakness for Sauce Gardner. They disrespect you for Jessica uh, Alba. Are you kidding me? The what's her name again? That sent me. I like mean, Sauce. Come on. I mean, Jessica Alba. It's nice to feel old. I know. Seriously. Sin City. I know. I mean, how, look how funny Jessica Alba. This is amazing. I am truly, I am truly like glad Sauce Gardner is already understanding Hang around the stars, and you'll get a lot of crumbs that come around. Just hang around Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and All the crumbs will come to you, Sauce. So the, the, uh, is there any chance that Rodgers will be there for uh, Nick's Heat? Do they play tonight, Nick's and Heat? Down to Miami? He'll find a way to get down to Miami. Sauce All right, more seriously, everywhere. the uh, NFL mini Hey, catch the private jet, baby. Let's get do it. going tomorrow. Looking forward to having all the latest right here on NFL Live. From Mina, Booger, and Kimberly on Field Yates. Talk to you guys again tomorrow. What if in 2024, you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Try Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. It's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. They have over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash tackle. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash tackle. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash tackle. Rules and restrictions may apply.